0: This is Boss Ladies. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on Boss Ladies. I could not be more excited to have you here. And I was thinking to kick things off, maybe you could give us a quick sort of overview of your career journey and and how you got to your current role at Sony Pictures. Sure. I'd love to. First of all, thank you so much for having me. It's really an
1: honor to be here. You do incredible work, so I'm very excited to be a part of it. Um, So I started my career, I graduated from Yale in 2010 into a a challenging job market, (laughs) to say the (laughs) least, but I got very lucky to have a couple of opportunities that really sort of taught me that I was passionate about social enterprise business models. So at that point, I didn't really have the language for it, but essentially opportunities where, you know, a company has a revenue stream, but also has a real uh, social mission built into what they're doing. So had a couple of experiences and very quickly figured out that Tom's um, originally was Tom's shoes, uh, was doing that sort of, at that point they were really the pioneer and so i set my sights on working there had an incredible opportunity and kind of found my second professional passion um, in experiential marketing and brand strategy, I really, to this day, absolutely love uh, being able to sort of define the essence of a brand and then creating experiences for people to meet that brand, to interact with that brand, to really be able to engage with it in the way that where they learn something. Um, and so, really, have the opportunity to kind of hone that understanding and that skill set, really learn to be sort of proactive and resourceful and really learned how to manage projects like a pro. And I think that that is absolutely one of the most important things I learned early in my career. And I tell people all the time that I think that is one of the most important things that you can really learn early on because it's so transferable. So from TOMS, I decided to go get an MBA. So I started at USC Marshall School of Business and really had such an incredible experience there. Um, I had the honor of being a Brittingham Social Enterprise Lab Fellow and really just sort of took every opportunity to learn sort of real sustainable business practices and where social impact could could meet those practices so creating really healthy businesses that also address social problems that i care really passionately about and while i was in business school i had an idea to start a feminine care company specifically selling organic cotton tampons and then giving product sort of a one for one model inspired by my experience at Toms to women living in homelessness so at the time, um, one of the most requested and least often donated items uh, to homeless shelters were period products for for women. And so really wanted to sort of address that social issue. Uh, learned more about sort of the toxicity of the products that you know were being sold in the market. And so really wanted to sort of address both of those issues. And I was incredibly lucky when I graduated and um, had kind of workshopped this concept and built a bit of a business plan around it to meet somebody who, had just left her job to start something very similar, and so we ended up going into business together. Which was love that. A risky love when the timing like do. that
0: works out. It really is.
1: <laughs> it's like you know when things are meant to be. Um, and yeah, we had an incredible, incredible ride for four years building Conscious Period and. You know, we had some really incredible wins. We had a really successful crowdfunding campaign. We had some incredible partnerships. We had sales, um, you know, in, in retail stores. Uh, we had pretty significant sales online. Uh, we had some incredible moments in the press. And it really was kind of this, one of those entrepreneurial journeys that you read about. And it's still surreal to me that, you know, that we sort of had the opportunity to To build what we did. Um, Ultimately, we did uh, dissolve Conscious Period because of issues with our supply chain. And I think some people would probably call that a failure. But I think for me, the sort of opportunity to build something from scratch, uh, impact that Conscious Period and so many other new market entrants um, that came in kind of around the same time that we did had on our awareness of The social issues related to feminine care, um, like I mentioned, the ingredients and lack of transparency there in the industry, access to these products for people who are um, in unhoused situations, it really sort of took the world by storm for a moment. And that to me feels like a win. You know, we really changed or were part of a movement that changed the way that people talk about and think about and perceive these issues. And we had an enormous amount of help from some incredible people. It wasn't just us, but... Um, to me, sort of being a part of that movement will never feel like a failure. And then from there, I decided to take a full-time opportunity at Sony Pictures. I was already there as a contractor. So I was helping to redesign sonypicturesjobs.com, which is our career portal, uh, and then had the opportunity to stay specifically in the employer branding space. So working on you know, social media um, from a talent-focused, sort of candidate-focused perspective. Obviously, the career portal continued to to be a part of my job, and really just sort of innovating on how we were speaking to candidates, how we were engaging with people in the world uh, via our employer brand as well as our internal communications. And since then, I have had the most incredible journey growing in my career there. Today, I am the vice president of people and organization strategy. I'm working on building a team under me, which is very exciting. Um, so really have just been, I, I feel like I was am the luckiest person. I kind of fell into a career in entertainment, a career in HR. Like That wasn't my background. That wasn't what I thought I knew how to do. But all of a sudden, I have the opportunity to think about people and their experiences and help make decisions that take care of employees around the world and you know communities around the world and it is um, such an incredibly fulfilling job and one that i never envisioned but is the best decision that i've ever made and is an absolutely incredible journey to be on
0: You have an amazing career story and even, you know, you've, you've been an entrepreneur, you've worked in corporate environments. It's, it's really awesome to hear sort of the full spectrum. You've gone to business school. I want to go back a little bit to your time at Conscious Period. You, you made a comment, you said some people might've viewed that as a failure, but you were able to see that as a very positive and successful experience. Can you talk to us a little bit more about this idea of failure and, and how, some people can see that as a negative thing, how some people can see that as a positive thing. And, you know, maybe we can unpack what that word really means. Absolutely. So I think that
1: especially in the entrepreneurial world, sometimes if you don't have a big exit or some major acquisition, or, you know, you don't go to the moon, so to speak, you know, the, the venture is viewed as a failure. And a lot of times people move on to something else and and sort of, you know. Leave it in the dust. And I think for me, failure is so different than whatever the financial impact in your life is or what that exit looks like. To me, you know, I think failure is is something that really is defined by the experience and the impact that you make. And so I think that really getting away from this idea that, you know, success is only defined by uh, dollars and cents and that success is only defined by doing things perfectly. Is, is really valuable because at the end of the day, you know, we all have the opportunity to make an impact and that's not always going to look exactly the way that we expect it to. It's not always going to be perfect, but it isn't a failure when you make some progress, even if it's a little bit or create some momentum or change the way that somebody sees something in a way that's really positive. And I think that in pretty much anything that we do, there is some kind of value that comes out of it. And so I would really sort of suggest that we all kind of eliminate this word failure because at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. anything that we do, we learn from anything that we do. We help shape somebody else's perspective in a way that I think can be really valuable. So, yeah, that's how I think about failure, at least in my own life.
0: So can you tell us some of the like skills and things that you've learned from this experience that you may still use today? I use what
1: I learned uh, at conscious period literally all day every day. I think you know it's it's such an interesting thing to have been sort of an entrepreneur and then landed in a really big corporation. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, uh, they would imagine that that wouldn't feel positive. For me, having a stable paycheck and benefits and a boss to go to for guidance was so refreshing. I I mean, it really happened in my life at a perfect time. And I think that, that I missed that. I really did. And I think that, you know... So, so having the opportunity to be back in a space where I have that support and the infrastructure is around me, but I also have the opportunity to continue to innovate. You know, the role that I came into didn't really exist when it started. And I've had the opportunity with incredible leadership who have believed in me and mentored me and supported me and ev- like given me everything I needed to succeed, have shaped something new and created a lot of different initiatives, a lot of different programs, a lot of different guidelines, processes, all sorts of things that didn't exist Mm -hmm. before. And I think that I'm not great at taking no for an answer. (laughs) Uh, I (laughs) often find a different way to ask the question. But I think that really the what matters is building relationships and building trust with people so that when you say, you know, can we think about this a different way, that there's a willingness to do that, that there's a trust there, that there's an appetite to think differently together and knowing that at the end of the day, we're all working towards the same thing, which for me is, you know, improving our employees' experience and improving the way that we interact with our communities every day. So yeah, I think it's, I think my entrepreneurial spirit absolutely lives on. The most excited version of me at work is when we get to start something new, dive into into something new, build something from scratch, um, you know. But all within this uh, structure where there is support and guidance and help, and um, that for me is such an incredible balance.
0: Well, I love the go-getter attitude, and I love that you don't take no for an answer because <laughs> no one should. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Um, so, I want to hear a little bit more about your experience in HR and and sort of the value of HR. I think oftentimes, like. HR can get a bad rap. People think trouble or I need, you know, I did something wrong and that's why HR gets involved. But can you talk to us a little bit more about why HR is so important and so valuable to any and every size corporation? Totally. So I think that
1: you're right. Um, and I, like I said before, I never imagined myself in HR. Um, that wasn't on my sort of personal roadmap. Um, but honestly, I'm like very confused about why not everybody wants to be in HR. It really is <laughs> the best career path. It's like you get to be strategic, you get to understand the business, you get to take care of people, you get to build new things. You know, I think that HR is this opportunity to have this massive impact because at the end of the day, no matter what your business is, no matter what you do, People are your greatest resource. And so the better we can take care of them, the better that we can help them um, have the experience that they want to have that serves themselves and their families, the longer they're gonna stay. Institutional knowledge is super important. So I think that you know being being in HR isn't about sort of, you know, some of the transactional um, you're in trouble <laughs> sort mm-hmm. of things that that people often imagine. It really is sort of this very strategic. Um, opportunity to to take care of people. And for me, like, why would I not want to do that? That is the, the most incredible opportunity you can possibly have. And, you know, I think if you care about diversity and inclusion, HR is the place for you. If you care about thinking about how teams impact the success of a business, HR is for you. If you are a strategic and empathetic human being, HR is for you. Um, You know, there are just so many pathways. If you want to build a new process, if you want to implement new technology, like all of that is happening in HR. Um, And I think so many people don't know that or don't realize Mm -hmm. that. Um, But yeah, it's the best. Like I absolutely love my job. I love what I do every day. And I also find that people that work in HR as I sort of grow that network, uh, tend to be very, like, friendly and accessible and kind. And those are the people I want to work with every day. So it's it's certainly the path for me. And I really, it, it confuses me <laughs>
0: why more people <laughs>
1: don't have it on their roadmap because it really is amazing.
0: How do you think, like, do you have any advice for people who are looking to get started in HR and and maybe any strategies or skills that they should work on to Prepare for for a career path in HR. Yeah, I think that's a great question.
1: Um, I think it really depends on what you want to do. So, you know, I think that there are certain career paths within HR where you can be a little bit of a of a generalist. So, in my mm-hmm. role in particular, you know, I lean in a lot on communications. I lean a lot lean in a lot on branding, and so as a result of that, I've gotten to. You know, learn about compensation. I've gotten to learn about benefits. I've gotten to learn about diversity and inclusion. I've gotten to learn about the tech side of things. Um, I built new platforms. I've been part of it, anyways. And so I think, you know, if you want to learn all of HR kind of in its entirety, then identify those things that are going to be relevant across the board. Analytics is another great example. No matter where you sit in HR, analytics is going to be helpful and important. Um, to the organization. So I think that's one way to think about it. Uh, and I think a second way to think about it is if you really want to specialize, you know, if you want to be a recruiter, then like really hone your ability to understand the market, to talk to people, to give career guidance and coaching, to have uncomfortable conversations, um, you know, to, to really get to know people, to make them feel comfortable, to, to hold their hand through what is really a very emotional process. Um, If you want to be a business partner, I think my biggest piece of advice, and I have never been a business partner myself um, in a more technical sense, but learn the business. Because at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, you can really be the most strategic partner to your clients if you understand the business that they're in and, and really how to be positioned there. So I think there are lots of entry points. There are lots of ways to, you know, find a role in HR. I think you know, this sounds very HR-y of me to say, but people don't think about their transferable skills. You know, if you're yeah. a teacher and you're looking to make a career pivot, look into a learning and development team, you know, that people yeah. who can build curriculum, who can present to large groups, who know how to, you know, put together meetings of, you know, various different stakeholders, who can simplify information in a way that makes it approachable and engaging. Like, that's a lot of what those teams do in certain, in you know, in certain spaces. And so, um, I think that's another thing to think about is how can how can my skill set transfer or make sense in another team and and sell yourself that way because you know you can find a whole new world uh, yes. which is kind of what happened to me you know I leveraged my branding and marketing skill set and landed in an, in a totally new functional space that has been uh, really incredible for me in my career.
0: I do want to ask you a little bit about sort of what the last two years have been like because I think arguably you've probably been in the most difficult position to be in in so many ways when people are going through unprecedented times you know there are I, I can't even begin to list all the events that have happened over the last two years and are currently happening right now how how have you handled that and how have you managed to keep that positive face and keep you know working on keeping I don't know peace and, and happiness across the org and a positive people experience, I should say, when so many things are outside of your control. <laughs> totally, totally. It has been a wild
1: ride. Um to yeah. PNHR, through a global pandemic, through a social justice movement, through yeah. everything that we've been through has certainly been a wild ride. And you know, it's had some some high highs in those moments where we really get it right and get people mm-hmm. what they need and it's well received. And mm-hmm. some low lows when there are things we can't do or, you know, parts of this that as a company, we can't resolve for people. And so, um, you know, I think that it really has been challenging. I think that our focus has really been to take care of people. Um, How do we take care of them and, and help them be the best versions of themselves and show up to work every day so that they can do their jobs as well as possible, given some really, really hard circumstances. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think that, you know, our leadership has been very clear that taking care of people is our number one priority, and we can do that in so many different ways. Um, and so, I'm really proud of the work that we've done and the way that we've been able to to accomplish that over the last few years. And 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 I've been really proud of people's reception to it. You know, I think that there's mm-hmm. a people have been operating from this place of fear for so long, rightly so. Um, and so, being able to you know shift that in some ways and in some moments and Uh, be able to give people something that's positive and helpful and well received, Um, you know, help managers along the way as they lead their teams Mm -hmm. and all those sorts of things, I think has been really, really rewarding and fulfilling and and has made me really proud of the people that, that I work with because they've been absolutely incredible. And I think on the sort of social justice movement side, you know, I have always been passionate about social impact. Um, I'm sure you Mm -hmm. can sort of tell from from, (laughs) uh, my career path and history and trajectory. And, um, you know, honestly, that was something that I was afraid I would lose sight of um, by Mm -hmm. sort of going down a more corporate path. But honestly, I don't think I've ever had the opportunity to be more impactful than I have in in this role Um, across the board and especially, you know, the work that I do on our diversity and inclusion team. Uh, We launched a big initiative um, that, you know, we talk about um, externally all the time called Sony Pictures Action, which is our multi-pronged racial equity and inclusion strategy focused on our people, our content, our partners, and our community. Um, And, you know, when when the murder of George Floyd happened, you know, we had this opportunity to create a new strategy and amplify so much of the work that we had already been doing and really Mm -hmm. help bring it to the forefront and put additional resources behind it, and that To be able to do that, and to have leadership that cares and buys in, and Mm -hmm. um, you know wants to make all of those those goals come to life. In addition to all the obviously important, critical sort of business goals, it has been one of the absolute highlights of my of my career. It really has been so inspiring and so wonderful to be a part of, and to really sort of be a thought partner with the folks that make. That work happen every day. You know, we have initiatives all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. So many of our leaders are involved in that work. Um, and we've really created a real impact and, and made a ton of progress. Um, and I think for me, the opportunity to be a part of that, even though, yeah, it was hard in certain moments and it was mm-hmm. really stressful and it was a lot of very late nights <laughs> to get that yeah. all set up and moving and growing and accounted for. It was so absolutely worth it. Um, and, you know, continues to be. So this work is absolutely ongoing. It is a part of my everyday life. Um, but it's uh, it's definitely been an adventure and a journey and something that I wouldn't trade, certainly. Mm. Um, you know, I'd love for us not to have all gone through what we've collectively gone through with the, this pandemic and everything that's happened. But, um, you know, as far as a response is concerned, I think it's, it's really been super impactful and really important.
0: Well, thank you first of all uh, for all of the work that you've done to help with this because, you know, I'm I'm in a different division of Sony, but I can just say that, you know, we've all gone through a, a ton of different challenges over the last 2 years specifically and I think without having HR people experience teams checking in on us and looking out for us, I think it it would have been a very uh, an even more difficult time, um, and I think the work that you're doing from a so- like social justice front is is incredible. So thank you, and you know, let us know honestly if there's anything we can do as a boss ladies community or anything. If you have any ideas ever for us, you know, let us know how we can contribute to that. And also, I just wanted to call out, I meant to say this earlier, you said you were hiring. So if there's any <laughs> roles or any jobs that you want, we can always link them in the description for this. So anyone who wants to join Margot's team, you should you should do so <laughs> or you should reach out. Oh, yeah,
1: we do have one open right now. So I'll send you the link for sure.
0: Perfect. And then I do want to jump topics a bit um, and talk to you about mentorship. Um, I think that there are, I can say this firsthand from my mentors personally, I have been fortunate enough to just get so much out of those relationships. I mean, I like to think of this boss ladies community as you're all my mentors and I hope everyone listening treats you the same, you know, for them, because, you know, we're able to learn so much through this podcast, but, um, can you talk a little bit about mentorship, what it really means to you and, and maybe if you have any suggestions or strategies on how to find a mentor, Um, I think that would be helpful. Absolutely.
1: So I think there are two kinds of mentors. I think there are the kind of mentors that you find in kind of a more formal way, right? Like you go to a networking event where people are intentionally seeking those mentor-mentee relationships, or you enter some kind of formal mentorship program where you're going to be paired with somebody. Um, And I think that those sorts of opportunities are amazing and so important, especially earlier on in your career, where you haven't had the opportunity to build your network as much, or you haven't had the opportunity to really figure out exactly what you want to do and who those right people are to help sort of support you in whatever your goals are. And so I think for that, really, it is just about finding those those programs. Mm -hmm. Um, So whether you know, it's something through work, or there's a network that you want to be a part of an alumni Mm -hmm. network, um, anything like that, you know, there's, Tons of more formalized mentorship programs out there. I think it's just up to us to go to go find them, to apply, to set aside the time, um, and to be part of it. And you know, I think it goes both ways too. You know, there are all kinds of opportunities to to mentor somebody else, um, high school students. You know, there are lots of incredible organizations out there that you know facilitate it on the other side as well. But what I think for me has been so impactful is the mentors that have kind of come about in my life really organically. And I had a few of those really early on in my career that I still have, you know, close relationships with that I go to for advice that I, you know, have moments of, of connection with, but I, I never had experienced mentorship in the way that I have it today at SPE. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that what I'm what I'm learning that like real organic mentorship is, comes from this place of of like belief and trust. You know, I have several people in my world right now who are the leaders that I look up to who like, embody what I want to be as a leader. They embody what I want to be as mm-hmm. a team member, as a friend um, that I admire so much and somehow they believe in me. And that sort of uh, reciprocal sort of trust and admiration, I think, is what makes for great mentorship. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of times when we think about mentors, it's like, okay, I'm going to go have this conversation and I have this like very specific question and I'm going to go get some great advice and I'm going to go on my way and solve this problem. But what I'm learning in my life today is yes, that kind of mentorship is so helpful and super important in certain moments, but the kind of mentorship where you can be safe to be vulnerable and that support is unconditional, even if you make a mistake, um, like that kind of mentorship is a total game changer. It changes your confidence. It changes, um, your sense of self. It changes how you, mm. how you evolve and move and grow in your career. It's from a place of someone really knowing you because you've let yourself be vulnerable. You've shown them that side of you that isn't mm. maybe the most perfect buttoned up. I've got it all figured out side. Um, and I, I don't know that there's a great strategy to find those people other than, go find those people. Like, go meet <laughs> everyone that you possibly can. If you are on a call with someone, even if they're so senior to you, reach out and just say, like, hey, would you be willing to grab a cup of coffee? Because you never know who those people are that yeah. you're going to connect with, that are go, you're going to have that experience with. Um, and I think, you know, there is some personal responsibility in going and cultivating those relationships and asking those questions. Um, and then hopefully there's an openness on the other side to really engage with that relationship and um, and sort of take you under their wing uh, in, the way that, in the way that makes sense for everybody. So, yeah, I think my view of mentorship and what it means in my life um, is evolving, for sure, because I mm-hmm. think I'm experiencing it in a different way. And I think it's teaching me how to be a better mentor. You know, we were just talking about growing my team. And, um, you know, my, my role at SPE has certainly evolved rather quickly. And I think um, more and more I think about, like, how can I help other people um, develop and grow and get where they mm-hmm. want to go because I feel so lucky to be where I am and to have had people that have kind of helped um, carrying me along on my journey. So a little bit of a long-winded answer, but uh, I think mentorship comes in a lots lots of different forms. Um, but there's so many opportunities to grow,
0: grow it. No, that's great. And and as a mentee, like, do you have any suggestions for, you know, let's say you have a mentor, like, what what are the right questions to ask or the right things to I don't know, bring to the table when you're when you're going to meet with your mentor? Yeah, that's another great question. I
1: think a lot of that depends on what role that mentor plays in your life. Um, so if it's somebody that's like very, you know, uh, works at a different company, is not sort of an internal person, then I think really being able to have conversations that are um, specific and really help you know, like, okay, I you know, I need this very specific kind of advice because they're not going to have as much context about what's happening internally within your organization, or maybe it's something that is happening in your personal life um, that you don't want to talk about with people who you work with, whatever that looks like. I think having those conversations be really intentional, but also specific enough that they can sort of help without having all of the context that someone internally might Um, And then I think that if it's somebody that's more like a boss or, uh, you know, a a coworker or somebody within your organization that that you look up to, you know, remembering that they do have more context. Um, And so being able to take those sort of more company specific questions or things you might not want to talk about um, externally with somebody else, those are often the folks that you can really sort of hash that stuff out with. But I really think, and again, this is just like my personal experience, the most important thing about being a mentee is being willing to be vulnerable enough to get what you need from that person. Because at the end of the day, if we can't sort of show or explain or express what we're really going through, then we're probably not gonna get the right advice or the right guidance. Um, And so I think that there's a lot of bravery in being able to be vulnerable and a lot of trust that has to get established before we can get there. Um, but I do think that it is a really critical part of, of that relationship and, and a really critical part of how we show up.
0: That, that's a super, like a phenomenal answer. And I think that it's important for people to think about because I think oftentimes we get so excited that we have these mentors in our lives that we don't always think intentionally about how we want to use that time with them. So I think that's really great advice, especially about the importance of being vulnerable in order to get the best and most out of that conversation my last question for you my favorite question I ask it in all my episodes um, and arguably maybe the most challenging question no I'm just kidding um, probably <laughs> the easiest question I should say is what uh, what do you feel is one of your greatest accomplishments
1: oh that's such a hard question <sighs>
0: um, or something you're very proud of from your career journey or personal you know, journey could be either. yeah. Uh, so I think probably one of the
1: things that I'm most proud of that I think is both personal and professional is my my tolerance for risk. I'm just by nature a very risk averse person, mm-hmm. and so being an entrepreneur and then coming into this functional role that I didn't really know about. And Mm -hmm. also coming into an industry where, you know, I wasn't super knowledgeable, it felt really risky. And every time I raised my hand, so to speak, or every time I asked a question, I felt like I was taking a risk, like I was going to somehow expose that I didn't know what I was talking about. And I was a total fraud or something. Um, And I think that what I've learned is that we're all learning new things and we're all evolving and growing. And there you know, people say there is no stupid questions. Like, I really don't think that there are. Um, And so I think my tolerance for risk for sort of asking the questions for, you know, exposing myself for doing things like coming on podcasts (laughs) um, is, is something that I've really had to work hard at. And I think that, you know, being willing to take chances, to be innovative, to believe in my ideas and fight for them, even when people don't always... Buy in, you know, from the very beginning um, is something that has been has been hard, and I worked really hard to cultivate it, and I really worked hard to sort of manage that fear while I keep moving things forward. Um, and so I think, yeah, risk aversion in like a very broad sense, and how I've kind of uh, come to terms with that piece of me, and and really made made that helpful part of my life and helpful part of the way that I make decisions and the way that I communicate, instead of something that gets in my way uh, and makes me more fearful or or less successful, I think, is probably what I'm most proud of.
0: I love that. I think that is a phenomenal answer. And thank you so much for coming on Boss Ladies. It has been a pleasure to hear your career journey and the advice you have. So thank you.
1: Thanks so much for having me. This was so fun.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Boss Ladies. Check back next week for a new episode. Visit us at www.bossladiespodcast.com for more information about the show or follow us at Boss Ladies Podcast on Instagram. Rate, like, and follow the show on all of your favorite podcast platforms.